Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. If you are caring for a person with autism, great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. We hope today's conversation will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Uh, I am vice president here at Autism Spectrum Therapies. Uh, we're an agency that provides uh, services to individuals with autism all across the country. Um, I'm also a board-certified behavior analyst and have been uh, providing ADA services to kids, adults, uh, toddlers, infants, it feels like every age, uh, for now 13 years. Um, been a while, a little while since we've been on the air. Um, I've been, I've been kind of all excited to to get going again. I I just had kind of a, a bit of a journey. I've been traveling to the East Coast, spent about uh, a month and a half on the road, and um, started off my trip in in Boston, Massachusetts. And and I uh, went home, met my dad, and spent this this big father son weekend in Boston. It's something we do every summer. We get together um, and go out for a nice dinner and then basically spend all weekend just immersed in the Red Sox. Um, I'm sure any baseball fans out there have strong opinions about the Red Sox. They're just one of those teams, but it's it's kind of my childhood team. It's my favorite baseball team by far and, and just something, you know, brings back a lot of good memories just being at Fenway Park watching a game with my dad. And... You know, bought my tickets about six months in advance and just had this this great coincidence where the final day we were there, it was a Sunday game in, in Boston, and I happened to be having lunch. There's uh, lots of little restaurants and bars and places to grab food and drink before the game, and I happened to be just waiting in line to uh, have lunch. He started chatting with this this older gentleman and his wife, really nice folks. We're watching actually golf, and, and we started talking. And uh, he, he just shared he hasn't been to a game in a while. And lo and behold, the reason he came to Fenway Park and to see the Red Sox that day was because his best friend's son was singing the national anthem. And it turns out that that day was a celebration of the Special Olympics. And the young man singing the national anthem was an 18-year-old boy with autism, and music and singing were his favorite thing. This was his passion. This was his love. He really just loved music, and he'd been looking forward to this for weeks, if not months, practicing, rehearsing, and it was just this great karma, this great coincidence of, wow, here I am, I'm with my dad, and we're we're going to this game, and, and this is... You know the celebration, the the Huda honoring this this day, um, and I think the coolest thing about it all was was when we were actually in the ballpark. He was actually singing the national anthem. His name is Nick, and Nick was singing the national anthem, and there was this moment of just joy. The moment he finished, he finished singing. The song is over. Everyone's cheering, and you could see him very clearly on the on the jumbotron. Is just this release of excitement. And I remember saying to my dad that at this moment where we, we saw some of those autistic-like behaviors, you know, the things that we, we commonly refer to as maybe hand-flapping, um, some of, a little bit of jumping. And I said to my dad that there was something really special actually about that moment for me, not the moment where he was going through this whole song, being perfect, and holding it all together because it was almost that pure relief, that pure joy, that celebration of what he just accomplished. And it was just something very pure and very natural about it to me. Um, and then you got to see all his family and everyone celebrate um, his accomplishment. Just, it was a really cool moment. It was something that I just just felt very lucky to be, you know, picking that day or that weekend of all weekends 
to go to the game and, and plan this trip. Uh, it was just very cool, and I was, I was just really excited to share this. I had to kind of share the story of where I went the, the rest of my travels, and I just want to fill you guys in on it. It was just one of those moments of, you know, it wasn't, it didn't feel like a celebration. It just felt like this just natural moment that uh, I almost got to, and everyone there got to share with this young man. So it was just, it was really cool. Um, so let's talk about today's show. Uh, today, um, joined by uh, a guest who's been with us before, um, but we haven't had in a while. And I'm really excited to have her on the show. Um, you know, I think since it's been probably about a, a year and a half um, since Jennifer Cook O'Toole has been with us. And I feel like in that time, I have seen her name everywhere. Um, for those of you who don't remember her, um, Jennifer was diagnosed as an Aspie in adulthood and is also the mother of three Asper kids, as well as the wife of an Aspie, um, and is an award-winning educator, author um, of an internationally celebrated uh, series of books called Asper Kids. Um, she's had the opportunity to present uh, keynote addresses to organizations such as the Autism Society of America, recently at their national conference, uh, the Northern American Montessori Teachers Association, the National Inclusion Project. She's been in UK at their National Autistic Society, Ireland Shine, and at a mega conference alongside Drs. Grandin and Atwood. Um, she's a mentor for Yale's Ch Child Study Center, where her books serve as foundational texts and a member of the Global Montessori Alliance. Her Facebook fan page and AfriKids blog has also both been chosen by Disney and uh, Babel at the top 30 autism sites in the world. Jennifer, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. Although, I got to tell you, I, I feel the passion. I'm a mess girl myself, and so I understand. I have to start there. <laughs> I forgot you were a mess girl. The, I remember it's okay, because it just that. means that we're anti-Yankees. Really, is what it comes down to. <laughs> well, that, you, you are 100% right there. there. There's There was really no being a Yankee fan in my house. There's just no way that was going to happen. No. Mm -mm, same. Know, I, it's a, yeah, it's an ugly rivalry, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, i got to tell you, it is, it's so funny. Um, in, like, the last two weeks, I have seen your name or your book everywhere. It's been really like, kind of surreal. If I mentioned oh, to wow. Christina that I, I really told you, oh my, no, great stuff. And, it, and it's what's okay, really been cool about where I've seen your book is it's people I really know and respect. Um, just on Thursday, I actually spent Thursday, um, I, I collaborate with a group of school psychologists who have this amazing program that they work um, actually not necessarily with kids with autism um, or mm -hmm. traditionally kids with Asperger's, but kids with more um, traditional behavior problems, maybe um, with emotional disturbance, and they're starting to branch out into working with more kids with Asperger's, and your book was on the top of the stack of books. And I said, hey, where do you oh, find that? Was that? This is the said, social rule book? This is the social rules book, exactly. The social and they, rule book, yeah. They were yeah. all excited. <laughs> So it was oh. it was just one of those moments, and I knew you were going to be on the show, so I was very excited to tell you that because it's it's people. Yeah, that, that, that totally that's awesome. That makes you smile. So I, you know, the, the, I think the the first question I had for you is, I mean, I feel like when we first spoke, you had you know one, maybe the second book was just about to come out. Now you've got five different books out there. The Social Rules <laughs> book feels like everyone is loving it. Um, <laughs> Why do you think why that is? I mean, it, it feels like everything's taken off. You know, what, what, yeah, it has been, it has been um, dizzying would be a good word. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it is, um, so the first Asper Kids book came out um, in, um, so that would be spring of 2012, and um, so just over two years ago. And so there are five books out now, and I just, two days ago, turned in the manuscript for book six. And um, proud to say that they are all Amazon bestsellers and award winners, and, and like, the reception has been crazy. And um, 
Why do I think? You know, I think it's because there is no plan. <laughs> um, really what, what I mean by that is um, mm-hmm. I didn't start off by, you know, there wasn't a company. There wasn't um, this sort of broad, long-term strategy. It was simply somebody sort of saying, hey, here's me and here's what's working and here are the days that aren't so hot and here are the days that, you know, that are, why, how come you guys aren't doing this? Because it seems pretty obvious to me as nasty. Um, I think it's that sort of completely keeping it real um, every day isn't pretty, but there's something pretty in every day kind of, you know, um, structure where I fully approve of laughing at myself, you know, um, in anything I do. And I think the fact that it's kind of like um, walking, you know, shoulder to shoulder, and whether that's with another parent, whether that's with a teacher, whether that's with, um, you know, a teen, a tween, a 20-something, been them all. Um, and... That it's. I think it's that. I think it's the truth part of it. Um, that seems to, uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm so delighted. Really resonate when I hear kids are sneaking books into school. That just you know makes my day. And and this, I think, it, it's sort of a trend we've seen in society before. Is that different groups where they're um, they may be a you know a Typical, if you're just talking about numbers, right? I mean, if you're statistically uh-huh. speaking, it's, it's less common to be gay than it's going to say that's abnormal. Um, or you, they certainly shouldn't anyway. Um, but, you know, 20 years ago, that's what, the, that's what the DSM would have said. And it's the same sort of thing now. So I think we've just seen it's sort of a, an evolution and uh, people understanding that normal and typical are not synonyms. Yeah. You know, for I, I'm sure there's some people who, probably didn't hear our first show together. Um, you know, and obviously one of the things I loved when we first spoke was just the way you incorporated um, so many of the things that I know we, I think we spoke more about your daughter than, than, than anyone else, but the way sure. your daughter had all of those passions. I, I recall it was some of the, the pyramids and the Greek mythology and all these different yeah. things. Um, is, is, can you maybe, is, is that the same philosophy that is spread across these other books, and, and can you kind of share with everyone who maybe is newer to um, your books or, or newer to some of sure. your ideas, I'm like, summarize it for them. I'm like, really, what's the core of... What the of, heck is uh, Africans? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, first of all, um, the word Africans really came from... Um, as you mentioned, my, my three kids have all been diagnosed, and right now they are 11 and 9 and 5, um, and um, or 8 and 5, I'm sorry, 11, 8 and 5, golly, he's growing up too fast. Um, and, you know, basically what I wanted to um, let them know, and first it was my daughter, so we were using um, Rudy Simone, who wrote Asper Girls, um, and is a, a good friend of mine, we were using the word Asper Girl, um, but then when the boys mm-hmm. were diagnosed, I had to make it a little bit more gender neutral. And I wanted a word that, um, honestly, was really casual, you know, was just sort of, yeah, you're still you and big deal, whoops, you know, um, that you're as much a kid as you are this, that, or the other thing. Um, and it was just sort of part of our vernacular at home. Um, and the um, basically the uh, belief behind everything that we do is facts for the people who we're talking about because... Being on the spectrum myself, and I was diagnosed after um, my first two kids, um, you know, it, it is amazing to me. Uh, I doubt highly that we would have had um, the NAACP run by white people, for instance. Um, it's so important um, to make sure that we listen to those about whom, you know, we're talking as best as we possibly can. And what I think about um, sort of the human spectrum, if you will, I get to be in this neat spot of this translator where I can look to folks who um, might be nonverbal, and boy, do we know, I like the word preverbal, I like that better. Um, you know, boy, do we know there's a lot going on inside just because the words aren't coming out in a way that other people understand. There's still a lot going on inside that mind. Um, and, you know, to a extremely typical, typical, neurotypical. Well, I get to sort of stand in the middle because really what it means to be on the spectrum, I think it's the same emotions, the same experiences, just with the volume turned up. And so I can, you know, observe, uh, I teach a Sunday school class for, um, 
for kids of different abilities and different experiences. And there's a little boy in there who is um, preverbal, and, you know, he was um, doing some kind of sensory-seeking behaviors, and everybody around him was just reacting to what he was doing. He was taking his shoes off and rubbing his feet on things, and they didn't like that. And I understand that, but what... Um, you know, to me, it was super obvious right away, oh, he just wants to feel something on his feet. He's looking for tactile input. And I could give them something to substitute right away. And it wasn't that, you know, um, I wasn't formally trained. It's just innate. It's just you just get it because, well, that it, to me would be the same as, you know, somebody going, oh, boy, I need my shoulders rubbed. You know, it's the same thing. Um, and so that's sort of what I kind of then help, can help to do. And then that's where the rule book comes in too, right, is, explaining then to those of us on the spectrum who intellectualize and think through things first, um, hey, this is what they're expecting out of us. And so it's sort of like a translator service. And, you know, I am a big believer in, um, you'll see the word awesomeness or awesome pretty much throughout of you know, everything you ask for kids. And one of the lines that I say frequently is that you've got to be authentic to be awesome. And I think it's totally true. I think there's nothing that is appealing about someone who is phony or plastic. Um, you know, being geek-tastic, is, is, it is awesome. Um, it's wonderful to see what people of any and every age will just blossom into in the span of, you know, minutes when you allow them to be safe in who they are. And just mm-hmm. speak kindly and seek to understand and ask the respectful question, why, instead of assuming. Um, and that's sort of what is the basis of, of everything asked for kids. It's whether it's how you design, you know, when I say design, I mean lay out the IKEA, thank you very much, your home, <laughs> you know, um, mm-hmm. or, um, or how you're presenting, right, some, a school lesson that, an academic lesson that is um, off-putting or anxiety-inducing, you know, then, then you use something that, the person likes or, or feels good about already. And that's just sort of logical. It seems to me in a lot of ways, you know, you'll often hear people say, you know, adults have forgotten what it's like to be kids. And that's definitely true. Um, but I think a lot of times it seems to me that the ones who are mind blind, um, the ones who have a real tough time with perspective taking are the neurotypical. Um, because mm-hmm. if you just stop to say why or consider that what you think is obvious isn't, um, I don't know. To me, that seems like a humble way to live anyway, and it, it, it helps everybody else. I think sometimes it feels like, you know, well, I'm going to go back for a second. You, you touched upon something that I, I wanted to make sure I, I expand on. You know, your books, you know, you, you get at least the ones that, that I know I've spent more time reading myself because I, I haven't gotten a chance to read everything yet. There's been a big emphasis That's, that's on okay. People. My own family hasn't even touched <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I read the important ones that I use in these classrooms now, so it's, it's, uh, it's good to have those. But, like, you know, I'm, for me, obviously, the, the big perk has been um, being able to take some of these strategies, um, give some of these stories or ideas to educators. You know, that, that's the classroom. Those are the school psychologists I'm working with. Well, we're, we're literally actually designing a classroom, and, and some of your concepts, your book is actually going to be the foundation of some of the different social things that we're going to incorporate. That's the front door. All I want to hear more. That's so cool. <laughs> we, 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 um, it's, it's been a nice marriage of different ideas, and the one thing that these guys believe heavily in, which I do as well, is you – Regardless of your diagnosis, you make choices. We as human beings make right. choices every day, and then there's consequences that come with our choices. Um, so mm-hmm. we want to prepare kids to make choices. And rather than force kids to make choices, can we set up circumstances to have a higher likelihood of kids making good choices? Maybe that's through mm-hmm. teaching. Maybe that's through motivation. Maybe that's just through mm-hmm. how we present information so they can process it better. There's a lot of different mm-hmm. things. But we want our kids to Absolutely. make choices, and if they do so, um, we're going to be able to lead to um, more successful schooling. That's, that's, a, that's a brief summary of the philosophy. You incorporate so much of that into what you believe in, um, particularly what, that the motivation piece was the part that I really have always enjoyed about your work. Um, and there's that big part of it's educator focus, but your books focus on much more. Um, 
you know, the book is for more than just teachers. This is for parents as well. Um, Go ahead. No, I was just asking which one of the books you were talking about. Yeah, the, the, um, the, the first book, um, Ask the Kids, which is uh, An Insider's Guide to Loving, Understanding, and Teaching um, Kids with Asperger's Syndrome. Yeah, I call that the shampoo, and the um, role book is the, the conditioner. And <laughs> you mm. need both. You know, they let the women know this. They tell you you have to have, the, like, the same brand of everything, you know. And if you have the right, same right. conditioner working together, you have the best, you have the best results. Well, I say it's sort of that you... The neurotypical folks, the teachers, the uh, therapists, the school counselors, parents, you have to understand where the young person is coming from, and then vice versa, right? Then the the, the spectrum kid or adult um, needs to understand where everybody else is coming from. And when both of those roles are you know take, undertaken, then you have a conversation that actually works. Um, the first book, and then book five, which uh, just came out, which is the Asper Kids Game Plan, and that's purposeful play. So it's using ordinary stuff um, around the house. And I'm talking seriously, like, you know, uh, rubber bands and marbles and chalk. Um, to do just some extraordinarily cool, um, engaging, fun, smart activities which um, present some of the more abstract, you know, concepts of um, have to do's versus want to do's kinds of things or the um, impact of your um, environment, like the people that you're choosing to be around. There's choice, again, that you get to choose who your friends are going to be, um, what that, you know, that impact is on you. That's really hard to explain to any kid, yeah. but not so much when you use, um, you know, um, hypertonic solutions and, um, and then you, you know, make eggs well or become rubbery and then can throw them around without a shell. And that's fun because see-through naked eggs are fun. And when you can take a, or when you can take a special interest, you know, um, or um, a passion, um, when you can take something that's concrete, like for instance, you were saying about the mythology or my daughter was very interested in, um, is still, um, in all things um, Greek and, and ancient, and we have definitely the history lovers in the whole family. Well, you know, take a marble and talk about um, we've used thermal shock to make, they're called fried marbles, but they're not really fried. It's, it's literally just shocking the um, glass uh, through temperature shifts and um, talk about how uh, that was how, you know, the, the stones were cut for the um, Parthenon and for um, the pyramids. And um, also it's a really cool way to consider the fact that if you are too rigid and things change quickly, you crack. Um, and then you can talk about that, <laughs> um, which is a nice abstract contract, you know, um, concept. And then you can go back to the nice little happy special interest. Um, by giving us concrete experiences, um, whether they're to do with art and um, optical illusions, talking about perception and that it's not all or nothing and it's not necessarily static from person to person. Um, there's some really – it just – if people would just, you know um, – I would say it's like, you know, there's actually a, um, a, a talk I give based on this, this latest book. And um, I start off by saying, you know, welcome to the um, lecture on Lithuanian grasses of the Middle Ages and how that affected um, the bovine population of England. And, you know, I've got gaping mouths staring at me like, what? You know, that's the mm-hmm. point. Everyone want to go to that lecture because I wouldn't, or perhaps you'd want me to go to the one where everyone, where it's called, you know, everything that you do wrong and you better change now, or no, no one is ever going to like you, which is basically what it feels like if you're told you're going to a social skills class. Um, right. That's not fun either. If people just kind of remember that, that we want to have fun, all of us as adults too, right? It's no different, mm-hmm. and it's giving us logical things to think about and experience with as many senses as possible, and then giving us the facts to digest because um, studies will show that, you know, when they're off on their own, tweens, teens, young adults are going to make their decisions, not based necessarily on the values that we have tried so hard to imprint into them. It's really based on the risk and the facts of the circumstances at hand um, in the moment. And if they have the um, space to make some good judgments based on good information that we've been able to give them, they're going to do the safe thing. They're going to do the wise thing. Um, And that's how they're going to be independent and successful and happy in in their lives. Outstanding. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break. 
Um, but when we come back, I want to um, I actually want to talk a little bit about I think you were just at the Autism Society of America's National Conference. Yeah. And uh, there was a couple of things that I was actually there as well. I, I tried to bump into you uh, and just uh, couldn't quite uh, track you down. But I actually want to I know, talk crazy, on a crazy couple place. of things. It was, it was much busier than I thought it was going to be, which was great. <laughs> um, but there's a couple of things that were said that um, some, some really good things and ideas, and I'd love to get your input on it. Um, so let's take a break, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. We'll be right back. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. At AST, we recognize that every child is unique. We are proud to offer what we believe is the most cohesive approach to supporting your child's needs and goals at each stage. From ABA to speech therapy, occupational therapy, and social skills, we have the elements you need to build the plan that is just right for you. One company, one team, with one mission, to support individuals and their families to dream and achieve their full potential. Call us today to let us know how we can best support your family at 866-727-8274. To find out more about ASC, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host or today's guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Here uh, Jennifer O'Toole, uh, author of Ask for Kids, uh, now a, a series of books. Um, you know, right before the break, I was I was mentioning the Autism Society of America's conference, and it was um, a great event. I had never actually been there before, um, and it, again, it was one of those places I saw your book in a lot of different spots. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to get your thoughts um, and some some input from you on on something actually that Temple Grandin said at the beginning. Um, you know, she for for all of our listeners, Temple Grandin was the, the keynote speaker. She did the the opening speech on the first day, um, and talked a lot about her new book, talked a lot about um, some, some ideas and some beliefs that uh, she shared with us on, on our show, shared in a lot of different interviews. And, and one of the things she talked a lot about was um, she talked about, you know, her teacher, and, we, and we've heard a lot about her first teacher and how she really educated her and, and taught her on, on her level, really engaged her. Um, but I've heard her speak a lot, and she spoke about this at the conference as well, is the idea it, it doesn't always have to be a therapist. Yes, speech therapy is amazing, but we don't always have access to speech pathologists. Yes, ABA is critical, but not every family can afford services. And there's a lot of things that sometimes we, we're, we're in this position of having to make the most of what we've got. Um, mm mm-hmm. Couldn't help but think a little bit about your books and a little bit about our first conversation, because so much of your first con- our first dialogue, you know, almost two years ago now was about things you did as a parent for your daughter. Right. You know how you that first book particularly is so much about how you structured learning in a way. Absolutely, um, the third the third book. Yeah, the ahead. third book was the same way because that was about uh, that's the Ask for Kids Launchpad, and um, it's a home designed to um, empower everyday superheroes. And it's for me, uh, you know, being an Aspie, so I definitely struggle with mind blindness. So just basically, I don't know what I know that you don't know. So, mm-hmm. so what's really challenging for me is that um, I will be doing things, saying things. Um, that I don't realize are different 
than you know in, in anybody else's home. So um, the launch pad, the, the third book, is literally about laying out your home, um, just you know, in a way that's going to empower every single young person. And I mean, you know, I, I definitely was, um, gosh, because you know, if you have that kid who is uber bright, and and my my three kids. Um, you know, they are that typical Asper kid where they are the little professor, but they're, you know, just she's old, right? And mm-hmm. um, it's that same kind of thing. And I, I, I'm sure my mother would say that I was the same kind. Um, there are 38 steps to pouring yourself a glass of orange juice. And that is if the orange juice is already in an accessible container. I don't think most people think about that. And what you'll hear somebody on the spectrum say is more like, um, I'm thirsty, as opposed to may I have a drink. They're not looking at the solution to the problem. They're just telling you what the problem Mm -hmm. is. And I guess basically what happened was um, similar to the way each one of the books has has come about, people watching me do things that I didn't think were anything in particular and saying, oh, well, why are you doing that? And the same was was true for, like you said in the first book, whether it was teaching, you know, um, math uh, or teaching, um, gosh, anything from Latin to, you know, how to clean up your room to yeah. um, in the in the launch pad, you know, how to, how to vacuum or how to load the dishwasher. Because it's great if you know the entire periodic table and you're five. But if you don't mm-hmm. know how to sew on a button or, how, right, you know, really, little things, yep. it's luck to you. Because that's where the independence comes in. I mean, I remember being absolutely at an Ivy League university, and there I am with my nice little, you know, big fat brain who doesn't know how to do my own laundry. And that's not going to get you very far. (laughs) Um, And it's those things that make you feel truthfully like a poser, you know, that at any moment the rug's going to be pulled out from under you because you don't really have it all together. And so you cling even more, I'll use the word for myself, arrogantly to those um, those academics or whatever skill it is in particular that you are good at, you know, whether that's mm-hmm. uh, with Tesla, it was engineering, whatever. And the, that's just the, the flip side to your, you know, insecurity. And yeah. um, when you fill in those holes, you realize how much more stable life can be. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, but it yeah. doesn't take, it doesn't take anything. That's, I, earlier I was joking and I said about you via Ikea. I'm not kidding. You know, to me, it is essential that in every one of the books, whether it's for teachers, whether it's for kids, um, whether it's for, you know, therapists or or whomever, or mom and dad or your cousin Brenda, it needs to be things that make sense to all of us because really this isn't isn't anything that needs to be frightening at all. Um, It's just a different, like I said, volume of the same life. And with some really logical, um, you know, logic-driven ideas, it doesn't take much to make the difference between a complete and total meltdown and Mm -hmm. a day where the, you know, teenager, kid, adult is able to, for penitently, whatever it might be that we need to get through the moment. And that may be nothing more than having a bottle of soda there or, you know, a bottle of water because that's an oral stamen that calms you at the time. Great. Right. You know, you'd be surprised how little things can make such a giant, giant difference. Um, and, and I think that's tremendously important. Um, Temple's been a, a, a great uh, mentor and friend to me. Um, she's written articles uh, specifically about, about the fir- well, first it was about the first Asper Kids book um, and compared it to the teacher um, that you referred to earlier, which, you know, knocked me over with a feather. Uh, oh, wow. We both were calling this, yeah, we were both calling this for um, Autism Asperger's Digest, and um, mm-hmm. I write, they right now have the only um, four teens column anywhere, and um, I, I just think it's amazingly cool that I get to do that, and I can, I can finally be the cool kid, even though I'm in my 30s, but that's okay. Um, you know, and, but, but Temple <laughs> has just been such, um, such an advocate, um, and just such a helpmate to me, um, which, I mean, you know, it, it is astounding and, and ridiculously humbling that these people who were, and still are, but, you know, these um, sort of these heroes, these just names out there, um, I met her in the bathroom, um, and we were in stalls next to one another. And I'm like, you know what? 
that's good because Temple Grandin pees also. And, you know, yeah. and I think that's what it comes down to is we're all just people, you know. Um, yeah. that, that, that's really it. Um, we're actually, she and I are presenting together this week um, in Baltimore, and I think time that I'm around her, I feel that more and more. Um, Tony Atwood, uh, you know, he, to, to me, he was the one um, that I kind of was able to first recognize myself in the ASCII diagnosis, and he just put out a book this year with an anthology um, called um, Been There, Done That, uh, anthology of top ASCII, the, the world's top ASCII mentors, and my name is on the cover with, with Temple and Lee and Holiday Willie. What? It's Stephen Shore. What? I mean, come on. But again, yeah. that's when I remind myself. We all use the same stinking bathroom stalls. And really, when it comes down <laughs> to it, you know, it doesn't matter, right? And that's the thing. That's the thing. Because um, it doesn't have to be fancy, and it doesn't have to be highfalutin, and it doesn't have to be technical. It really doesn't. You can be someone who's in, you know, um, rural Montana and be doing amazing things with bubble wrap and blowing bubbles and chalk yeah. and, you know, and cardboard. Um, it just takes a little yeah. bit of creativity and, and humor. Yeah, I'm, you, you perfect segue to my next question for you, which oh, I, I see, feel I, like I, I, I knew that, though not. <laughs> you knew it. You no, no. You and I, we plan these things out seamlessly. You know, <laughs> the audience <laughs> doesn't know how well we, we've got this planned. Yeah, see, <laughs> see, one of the things I like, I, I you know, for anyone out there, I'm, I'm just going to give them a plug. I loved this conference, and I said this to multiple mm-hmm. people. I felt like. I traditionally go to a lot of ABA conferences, um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Or conferences that are more professional, that almost have right. to then, that parents have said to me that they feel a little intimidated by. I really enjoyed this conference because I thought it really did a great job of being a cross-section of you could be a professional, you could be a parent. It doesn't matter what type of professional you are or how far along in this process you are as a parent. There actually was something for everyone. And so I felt like Absolutely, really yeah. a sense of what, was real. This was a very real conference to me. Um, Absolutely. But, but with reality comes both positive and negative emotions. And one of the things that I sensed from time to time were parents who were getting these tips, getting these strategies, being told this is what you should do. And I couldn't help but notice that a little bit of that overwhelmed feeling of like, oh, my oh, yeah. God, how – I can't be creative. I, how do I pull all of this off? So what, what words of wisdom? Do you ever have tips for parents when, you know, when they ever come to you at a conference or say, like, how, am I, how do I do this? I'm feeling overwhelmed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, what's that perspective you try and give those parents um, to maybe ease them through and, and, uh, and get going? Um, to maybe try some new things and, and take that plunge with some of these strategies. Absolutely. And, and that it perfectly, perfectly described. Um, and, I mean, I remember being the parent going, all right, now, how do I get to this therapy and that therapy and this therapy and that therapy and, then, you know, yeah. trying to do the laundry in between this and make that. I'm like, okay, when that is your life, that's not a life. That's not... You know, that, that's a, a bus schedule practically, and that's not good for anybody. It is way – you know, I, I think it's a bit like planning a wedding in that the photographer thinks that he's the most important, and, you know, the caterer thinks that they're the most important. Everybody thinks their job is the most important. And, it, you know, at some point in the day, I suppose each one of them is right. And it's kind of like that. You've got your ABA and your OT and your, you know, um, your PT. And everybody's got beautiful and wonderful things to contribute. But sometimes you have to say you can have it all, but you can't have it all at once. And it's okay because you don't need everything all the time. What you need the most, more than, more than anything, is the lesson of the airplane. You know, what do they tell you? If that, if those airbags come down and, you know, the, the cabins depressurize or whatever, every parent is going to fight the instinct to put the bag on their child first because we want to. That's what instinct says, right? But we also mm-hmm. know that we're not to do that because if they struggle or something goes wrong and we haven't taken care of ourselves, everything's done. Uh-huh. That's what this is too. Um, you know, in Asperger's, one of the things um, 
I encourage parents to do right away is get on the website. Um, it's just askforkids.com. And it doesn't matter if your child or teen or tween uh, or husband or wife um, you know, has been diagnosed or was diagnosed. And I, like, I think the word identified is even better because diagnosed sounds to me you know, like an illness, right? Um, yeah. We're just, you're just really just naming a bunch of otherwise disconnected traits. Really, that's all it is. That's all syndrome really means. And um, mm-hmm. there are, you know, um, the blogs are, um, are there. There are, there are landing spots for, for parents. And there are two in particular that come to mind, and one of them is about, for instance, just the idea of getting um, – you, you, you one does not just hire a babysitter. It is not like, you know, where everybody else in the neighborhood goes and gets the girl next door or whatever. It's not that simple. Um, but it's not that hard either. And it is – once you know what to do, um, super important that you get yourself a break every now and then. And then also, there's a blog that I wrote. Um, my uh, my best friend passed away last year. Uh, she was 36, and she died of breast cancer. And um, she um, left behind two little boys, and really it, it doesn't get more horrid because, you know, this was um, a brilliant, kind woman in the prime of her life. And not long afterwards, um, I have a Uber. This is my like one luxury. I have this Uber fabulous, uh, supposed to stay hot all day long, curried coffee holder. And um, I went upstairs, and um, there was just it had been everything besides having just lost my best friend and having just gotten back from the funeral, and there was laundry to put away, and the kids were screaming, and I'm thinking, oh, I haven't done this, that, and the other thing, and I sort of flopped down, you know still standing up, but hitched over onto the bed, holding my non-spill cord cup, which then promptly spilled uh, coffee right down onto my head. So much for the non-spill. And I stood up, and there's coffee running down my face, into my eyes, and into my ears. And it's one of those moments where you know you have to choose. I'm either going to laugh or I'm going to cry right now, you know? And I chose to laugh. And I think that's where the secret is. It's not in the laughing, it's in the choosing to laugh. Because I could have just as easily cried. Um, mm-hmm. But it's in making the conscious choice um, to, and I'm not saying like look on the bright side and be Pollyanna, that's not what I mean. It's okay to say, what? This isn't what I was expecting. Okay, that's all right. Last time I checked, you know that Garth Brooks song, Thank God for Unanswered Prayers? Most yeah. things that work out really well are the ones that you didn't plan, um, and it's it's okay uh, because you can't judge life, um, you can't judge your successes um, by things you can't control. Um, you can only judge yourself and really only count yourself worthy for the choices that you've made and what's happened um, as a result of those. Um, and so I think that reading the sometimes there's coffee in your hair. For that moment when you are that parent going, I don't, you know, I, I just can't. It's mm-hmm. okay. Because sometimes I have coffee in my hair too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I like that. It, to me, it just kind of comes full circle. I mean, you've said a few times in our, in our conversation that it's about the things you're preaching are not about just kids with Asperger's or Asperger's. It's, it, a lot of times you said human beings want this. We all want this. Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. so if, if we're trying to help our kids make good choices and teach them to make choices, it makes perfect sense that adults and parents need to, you know, make similar types of choices and, and allow themselves to make choices, mm-hmm. um, just like mm-hmm. you said. I mean, it, it really makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and to remember, you know, I, if there's a uh, the the book that I just uh, the manuscript I just turned in is uh, actually yeah. maybe like a rule book for girls for girls and. Um, one of the things there's in there is um, my, do- my dog's name is Daisy, and this is Daisy's lesson. And we had um, she t- comes with me to take kids to school every day, and she knows how to operate. She's not the smartest dog in the world, but she does know how to operate the power window, and that's like her joy in the world is you know pushing that thing down and getting her face out in the wind, and you know she's a rebel without us. And we had had our car was in the shop, and we had a rental. And so Daisy pushes her foot down and, you know, on the rental. And, of course, it's not working because she's not quite got herself in the right spot. And she's looking at it. She's sniffing at it. Now, when you get to that moment, I have to say this is one of Temple's favorite stories, too. Uh, it's an animal. <laughs> um, you know, she's 
does she, like, throw a fit and go, I cannot open the window, life is over, blah, 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 blah. You know, is she barking at herself and, and, and looking at the window and, you know, it, it's lost and, and forlorn eyes. No, she just kind of kept pushing until finally she found the spot, and it worked. And there, and she had her little face out the window and all was well. I think if we all look at life that way, that when things don't go the way, you know, um, they're not working out as we plan, um, that doesn't mean failure. It just means the world is telling you keep trying you haven't gotten there yet um, or look for a better way to do it, and that's okay. It's not a mistake. It's a lesson. Well, you know, we're starting to get to the tail end of the show. You know, one thing I want to make sure um, I give you a couple minutes to talk about because we're actually getting more and more uh, listeners in the Baltimore area because I've actually been doing oh. more. I've been doing more consulting in the Baltimore area. So oh my it, goodness! It oh. As I consult in more places, I have the tendency to get a few more people listening in each city, which is nice. Oh, sure, of course. Uh, but we have more Baltimore people listening. And you mentioned earlier you're going to be speaking in the conference. So could you uh, just yeah. fill everyone in? Where are you going to be? What's the conference about? What are you going to talk about? So it's um, it's, the, it's August 8th, uh, so it's Friday, and it's myself and Temple and her mommy, Stacia Cutler. Um, and so I'm going to be talking about um, – Relentless positivity and a little bit of caffeine, which I say those are the two <laughs> secrets to um, everything uh, everything that we've really been talking about this hour. And then see through eggshells and chalk on the trampoline, which basically creative ways to get those abstract ideas concretely learned in fun, engaging ways. Um, and, yeah, so that's, the, that's Baltimore. That's um, the Future Horizons, um, they're doing a conference there, and the details are all on AfroKids.com. Just go under Speaking tab, and then um, let's see, what is next month? The next month is the USAA um, Congress in uh, St. Louis, um, which is going to be amazing. Ted, oh, this is going to be so cool. The keynote is um, several, five of us who are doing 10 minutes, um, basically TED-style talks that are going to stream live. Um, instead right. of there being one giant key. Yeah, so I'm so excited. Mine's called um, My Own Pair of Ruby Slippers. And um, let's see, then, golly, then I know there's Minnesota and Illinois in October. There's all sorts of good stuff coming up. So, um, But all the dates are um, on Ask uh calendar. Okay. So just to make sure I got it, because I know we're going to have a lot of people curious, it's askforkids.com. That's the website. Um, all of your blogs, all your books, all that good information about what you've got going on is listed there. It's all there. Um, it's Ask for Kids on Facebook, Ask for Kids on Twitter, Ask for Kids on Pinterest. Yeah, because I have a Pinterest problem. Awesome. But it's all, you can awesome. all start right from askforkids.com. Awesome. Well, I may or may not, there's a slight chance I'm in Chicago, so right around the time you are. Oh. So I will, cool. uh, if I am there, I'll let you know, and, and I may even... Definitely. Uh, that at a conference, so I will definitely let you know, and I will definitely email you in a couple of days. I'll give you an update on what we're at, what we're doing in Phoenix, and kind of fill you in on yeah. the program and and how the book is fitting in. Um, but the initial review of the program director was he was really liking the book, and so he felt he felt very good when I said, "Oh, I know that book. It's a good book. I know <laughs> the author. She's been on the show. She's great." And so he actually, Aww. he picked that one out on his own. So I think it was nice for him to get that seal of approval from me uh, as well. Oh, really? so it was really great. But I will I'll fill you that in. That is really it. great. Um, That's super cool. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you again. Thank you so much for coming back. It was great talking to you. Aww. You know, you just, the, mm-hmm. the energy you bring, and, and I think it's, uh, I'm, I'm kind of excited that you're doing talk about positivity and caffeine because, I feel like those are yeah. two like big things in my own life, so I feel like those exactly. are things worth preaching. <laughs> and baseball. <laughs> yeah, and baseball. Oh, well, of course, baseball. Of course. Um, but but we will talk soon. I'll fill you in on what's going on. I look really sincerely look forward to that. That'd be awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you again. It's great having you. Thanks, Rob. So we are uh, wrapping up now. Tail end of the show. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I like talking to Jennifer. Jennifer is, is awesome. She does such a nice job of, um, 
I, I think just putting a not just a parent perspective, but well, you know that educator's perspective. She she has a great education background on top of being this active mom and and uh, just like that ASA conference, I just feel like you get just a real feeling reading her books, hearing her stories, um, because you know it's, it's tried and true. It's tested approaches um, that again, you know, it, it doesn't have to always be. You know, me as an ABA therapist coming in and doing every single thing, it can be a, a combination of different things. Um, and, and, and she gives her just a great element of that, um, especially from the creativity side. So I, I definitely recommend everyone, you know, check out the website. Um, you know, her books are, are pretty dynamic and, and, and diverse in terms of the different topics. But uh, as you guys have heard, they're, they're books I, I use and recommend as well. Um, and have enjoyed that uh, since first getting to meet her and speak to her. Um, so, hope everyone has been uh, been having a good couple weeks since uh, since our last show. We're going to be back pretty soon um, with a few more shows, talking a little bit about um, some more social recreational things, which I just feel like yeah, we can never talk enough about because they're they're so limited for our kids, um, as well as for a few other clinical ideas. I'm, I'm actually hoping. Uh, this, this great school program I've been talking about on this show. Um, hopefully, get, actually going to get the director of that program to come on and talk a little bit about what he's doing um, and, and some about the approach because it's, uh, again, a little different um, philosophy and, uh, and, and concept than we maybe get to talk about on, a, on an ongoing basis. And, and sometimes it's just really nice to get these little, these little twists, these little perks, um, or I should say modifications. Um, because each one of our kids is different, and you know we got to individualize everything. So hope you guys have a great week, great weekend. And I'll talk to you next time. Take care. We hope you have enjoyed today's episode of Autism Spectrum Radio. For additional information and resources about autism, visit www.autismtherapies.com. Please join us each week for a new episode. Or visit our archives to listen to and download previous shows.